Coming up, a Sad Styles production. Get into it! He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. What's up, losers, and welcome to Losing Money with Andrew Bascom. My name is Andrew Bascom, and for 115 episodes, we've helped you lose money on everything. It's a sports gambling podcast where we lose as many bets as possible in 20-ish minutes. On this episode, we will be discussing our favorite ways to lose money on the NFL draft. Yes, it is. It's silly season. It is time to lose money on the stupidest thing possible, the NFL draft. And of course, a recap and record check at the end of the show, because we are honest creatures. All three bets this week and the whole episode will be devoted to our favorite bets on the NFL draft with our guest, the Panzerati Prince. So let's not waste any more time. Let's hear what he has to say. Let's lose money on the NFL draft. On to bet number one with the Panzerati Prince. The NFL Draft. Who else could we bring on to talk about the NFL Draft but the Panzerati Prince. Panzerati Prince, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Andrew. How you doing? I'm doing great. This is by far the stupidest thing that I love losing money on. It is I, we bet on elections, we bet on the Oscars, we bet on all these insane things. The NFL draft is one of my most favorite things to lose money on. I'm so glad to have you on. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous because, I mean, if you listen to all the analysts heading up to, you know, December, everyone's kind of talking smart. Mm-hmm. And then for the past five months, everyone's talking ridiculous, just, <laughs> uh, you know, pumping the ass of every single QB up there. So yeah. it's always good to take uh, the stock of QBs going in this draft when uh, everyone thought they were going to be a fifth-round pick just five months ago. Now they're going in the top ten. I know. It's so true. It's one of those things, too, where you kind of think, you know, it was Hutchison all, the whole time. Hutchison the whole time, right? And then all of a sudden, the last couple of days, Walker has now moved up into being the, the odds-on favorite for Jacksonville to be taking number one. And now that would be shocking for a lot of people. Oh, my God, now this number one has changed. But really, two things. There isn't really a hard number one with a bullet in this draft, and it's the Jacksonville Jaguars, so who the hell knows what's going on with their decision-making? Like, it's a, it, the breeze changes, and they can switch your picks. Yeah, and they're idiots, and they've been <laughs> idiots for 20 years, so... Who, who would have thought bad teams have trouble making decisions? Who would have thought there is management yeah. issues with bad teams? Exactly. I mean, you know what? I'm looking at who I like, and, and people have talked about blue-chip prospects in this draft, and there only being two or three. One of those who was getting a lot of good press leading up to Christmas, who has fallen off dramatically, okay. I am taking to go first overall. I'm looking at Evan Neal, the offensive lineman. Whoa. I got him at plus 2,500. He's now down to plus 2,000. Okay. And if, if the Jaguars <laughs> want to do something smart, wouldn't you think they'd like to protect Trevor Lawrence, the franchise quarterback? Right. That would probably be a good decision. Will they do it? Who knows? Again, they're idiots. But I like the value there rather than taking someone like Hutchison or taking some, someone like Thibodeau. Like, yep. Evan Neal at plus 2,000 now, that seems pretty good for someone who was the blue chip guy, the number one consensus like six months ago. I don't think you're going to get anybody like burning, trying to burn down Duval by saying like, we're going to take an offensive tackle. Or we're going to take a guard because it depends on where he starts with on the line. Uh, to protect our franchise quarterback. I don't think anyone's like, oh, what? What the hell? But if they take Trayvon Walker and all he does is can stop the run, like, you're like, that was the number one pick. But it actually kind of, like, almost encapsulate what the problem with this draft is. There is a lot of people in the top 10 that want to get out of the top 10, except there's not a lot of people that want to move into the top 10. So I think mm-hmm. you might see, like, whereas usually we talk about the draft and it's like a ton of movement trades up and down. I don't think we're going to see a ton of that uh, unless, you know, unless the value drops considerably. So that's where you start having these conversations like Walker, like Neil, like Hutchison for the first, first overall pick. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, Trevor Lawrence was the best prospect coming out of college since Andrew Luck. And yep. what did the Colts do? They ruined Andrew Luck's career by not drafting offensive linemen after they took him. So maybe Jacksonville should learn something from them. Yep. Draft as a Neal. Yep. He is your guy. Absolutely. You know, and even though the Jaguars have taken made signings that don't make any sense, um, you know, but at least they're trying to add talent around him. Like, they're trying to do that thing. So, you know, good for them. So that's going to be your first pick. My first bet is just a really nice, easy one. It's kind of a layup. I'm going to take Sauce Gardner in the top five, minus 125. Nice and easy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let me ask you this. Yeah. Does he go ahead of Stingley? I, I, well, uh, yeah. So, yes, I do think he goes ahead of Stingley, but that seems to be another, like, Trayvon Walker situation where all of a sudden in the last week, this is how it switched around. There was an opportunity there where you could have gotten Stingley in, like, the 20s. Like, they were saying that, you know, really high up, and now all of a sudden he's, like, a hard in the top 10. I still think Sauce Gardner goes ahead of him, though. Yeah, I, Sauce Gardner is, I mean, who knows? A lot of people are saying that Stingley's the better defensive back, but right. Sauce Gardner is getting the press right now. And again, with the draft, you have to look at who's getting the press right now. Yeah. Because in April, stock is going to be so falsely skyrocketing across the board. Yeah. Whether it's true or not, there are, there are people who are going to – GMs and execs are going to be trying to pump up the ties of some mm -hmm. guys and trying to knock down the ties of some guys so that they rise or fall to benefit their own team. <laughs> this is only, only aiding to – I can't believe we bet money on this. But it's like a big game of espionage where it's like, I really like this guy. We don't really like that guy. Just we want people to think yeah. of you. Like, oh, okay, cool. And now we got to bet money on it. I love it. So, yeah, my, my mind's going to be Sauce Garden in the top five. Where, where's another place that you're going with the draft? Okay, here's one that's a little spicy. Um, mm -hmm. Desmond Ritter in the top 10 at plus 1,600. Oh, I love this. Like I said, the QB stocks are only rising going in. People panic. People think that they need to jump on one of these QBs. And it looks like Desmond Ritter has found himself in the top three QBs going this year, yep. whether it's Pickett, Willis, or now Ritter. People mm -hmm. really like Ritter team like Atlanta, like Seattle, like Carolina, like them a lot, there's a chance that three quarterbacks go in the top 10. And if three quarterbacks go in the top 10, Desmond Ritter is going to be one of them. I, I love that. And actually, if you take first QB drafted Desmond Ritter, it's plus 1,200. So even outside of the, of the top 10, if you want to just like Ritter, it's plus 1,200, which is a number that's moved up quite a bit because supposedly the Saints and Steelers are looking to move up, you know, who knows, but move up to, and that's who the person they'd be taking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, now people are talking about Malik Willis at two. I, I know, which is, it's so funny because they're looking at Malik Willis at two or because it's also the lines at 32. And they're like, well, you know, and you're like, oh, this draft is going to be all over the place. Like the fact that all you get 30 picks different. Oh my God. Yeah, you read a mock, uh, what, two months ago and Malik Willis is going at 20 to the Steelers. Now he's not going to last. He's, not, he's going to the top 10. Like uh, that's a short thing. Absolutely. The way we talk people, we talk ourselves into quarterbacks. Like I can always remember with my, Beloved, there, this draft is always getting compared to the EJ Manuel draft, which is where my beloved Buffalo oh, Bills God. reached like so hard for EJ Manuel. Oh, and, uh, and that's what it feels like. That's what it feels like. Well, we got to get something, right? And that's where that Kenny Pickett to six, which I don't know if it's on your bet board, but seems to be on a lot of people's bet boards. I just don't see coming. I, I just, I can't believe they would do that to themselves. The Panthers. Yeah, it's just, it's people freaking out. They yeah. want to grab a quarterback because they feel like they're going to miss out if they don't. And then mm -hmm. surprise, surprise, two years come around and he's already cut or he's exactly. already sent off to Cleveland. Yeah, he's Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So speaking of, my second bet that I'm going to be taking is over 2.5 quarterbacks taken in the first round. Now, 
This is a really saucy number. It's minus 140 because people assume that. There is also numbers out there of uh, over under three and a half. And you, that one, I like the under actually, but I'm going to be taking the over two and a half QBs at minus 140 there. Just, just you know, kind of speaking of what we're talking about here. Exactly. I took this bet as well. One of mine as well. Yep. This is a short thing. Put your life savings on this one because there <laughs> will be three quarterbacks going in the first round. I, absolutely. I think those 20s are going to be littered with it if we don't see it early too. So, okay. So those are my easy ones there. I'm gonna just, I have a couple of like player ones as well. Like I like Kevin Thibodeau under five and a half draft position at minus 115. I think we're looking at people talking themselves into it, even if with Walker going first and Hutchison going second, because let's be real. If Walker goes first, Hutchison is not dropping past the Lions. He's a Michigan kid. I think the whole, the whole intensity and Dan Campbell and ripping kneecaps and stuff like that is, is Hutchinson. So I think that's too. I still think even in that three spots there from three to five, you're going to see uh, Thibodeau go in the top five. So minus 115 there. Yeah, I like that pick as well. Yeah. You know, this guy's the guy who's getting his highest pumped a lot right now in the top five. Again, what the draft is, is people freaking out and yep. panicking and especially yep. with those teams who are always in the top 10 like this year again mm-hmm. we're just missing Cleveland in there um <laughs> yeah we're gonna see a lot of this oh I, yeah absolutely what else, what else do you got here okay here's my long shot that I kind of really like wide receiver off the board George Pickens at plus 10,000 whoa <laughs> okay Okay. So this, this draft is littered, littered with wide receivers. There might be six that go in the first round. Yes. And the funny thing about this is that no one has a consensus number one. Everyone is kind of mismatching and switching all of the boards, whether it's Olave, whether it's London, you know, whether it's, uh, who am I missing here? Oh, you're missing uh, Williams. James Williams, so Dodson, Burks, yeah. Exactly. So many good wide receivers coming into this draft. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are now starting to talk about George Pickens, whether he was a second round, you know, Mm -hmm. two months ago, people talking about him going the second round. Now people are talking about him. I've seen him as the number two wide receiver on people's draft boards. I think this kid is someone that execs like, and if he gets taken before in that, you know, 12, 13 region, before we get, we see a huge run on wide receivers, this can make you a lot of money here. So I threw ten dollars on it. Why not? Ten <laughs> plus ten thousand on George Pickens, who's already in the top three on people's draft boards in terms of wide receivers. Yep. Why not? Anything can happen. Uh, wow. That, see, now that is truly spicy from the fans running for right there. That is, that is spice all over the place. Since we're going to talk about wide receivers, I'm going to be taking Jameson Williams under fourteen and a half and minus one sixty. I think that's where the consensus is going. He is going to, no matter missing the first couple of months with an ACL injury. He is definitely going to be going under the 14 and a half. So I like that one. And this is kind of an interesting one, kind of same as QBs. Total first round wide receivers over under six and a half. I'm taking the under six and a half because seven is a lot of wide receivers in the first round. Yeah, I think six is five or six is probably where it lands. Yep. I think there's going to be a huge run in the teens where mm-hmm. one or two start to go and people are going to start freaking out again and take, you know, three, four, five. Mm-hmm. It's funny because people are talking about these guys like Jamison Williams going to the Packers of the Chiefs. Do we really think he's going to fall? No way is he going to fall to the Packers of the Chiefs. I don't think so. At no, least. I don't think so either. Originally, you know, the Bills are taking the 25th and there was a lot of mocks from Jamison Williams going to the Bills at 25. And you're like, whoa, that'd be fun. You know, he's kind of just a, he's a sprinter and they're like, go catch the ball. And then, and he's disappeared from there. He's in the top 15 for sure. And I think that, I think the minus 160, the juice on that one is kind of explaining that one away too. They're going like, yeah, we know we're going to change the number soon. So kind of yeah. trap, try to get that while you can, I think a little bit. Okay. Another single player I like, 
Kyle Hamilton over nine and a half at plus 110. You're still getting it at a plus number. It sounds like by all metrics, Kyle Hamilton might actually be one of the most talented players in this whole draft. But we don't really draft safety with the same value that we do offensive tackles or quarterbacks or even wide receivers now. So the problem is with Kyle Hamilton is his numbers aren't, uh, you know, as staggering as they'd want to be. You know, he's not the center fielder that they want most safeties to be, but he's kind of that in-between linebacker and safety. And I think that's where people are having trouble. Well, where do we put him? Well, what do I do? But the problem is with motion, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be an issue. I think he's going to be fantastic, but people are going to get scared off, especially bad teams that have bad coaching and don't know what to do with them. He's going to become like Isaiah Simmons or uh, those other ones, those tweeners that they kind of take and they don't know if they're edges or linebackers or cornerbacks. So I'm going to take the over nine and a half because people are scared off and don't know what to do with them. 100%. 100%. I like that as well. It's, it's mm. one of those things where people could be like, oh, I could draft Hamilton at seven, or I could trade back and maybe get him at 14. Yes. So that yeah. someone who's quarterback needy or someone who's wide receiver needy <laughs> is going to jump up and take that person. So yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. I think you're also going to see with something in Hamilton, if he gets into like the 12, 13 picks, I bet you start seeing teams going like, well, I'm going to trade up to get Kyle Hamilton now. Like, the, yeah. you know, speaking of the Bills again, that's been a big thing that's been going around that they might trade up because Jordan Poyer's contract's going to expire soon. So uh, you might see, you know, teams that are looking to find their last piece in the safety trade up to get him. So over nine and a half for me for Kyle Hamilton. Yeah, I got a question for you, though, Andrew. What's that? Okay, on Thursday, mm-hmm. do we see how many of these three are traded? Debo Samuel, Darius Slayton, and Kadarius Tony Are all three traded? Are two of the three traded? <sighs> is one traded? Is none traded? What do you think? I think we're going to see one, I'd say, and I don't think it's Samuel. I don't think... I don't, think, I don't think Samuel moves. I think they'll, they're going to do everything they can to keep him in there, even if it gets to training camp. I think they're, like, I also just don't, I don't know, unless you get that, that uh, the Hill package from the Jets, which is what has been talked about, like the same package. I just would love, I, I just, I love this, the, the absolute hubris of Kyle Shanahan to go like, I'm the smartest guy in the room. I don't need anybody. Go, that's totally fine. But really, he's kind of, he's kind of right though, because if he, Debo Samuel goes to the Jets, he is not going to be the same Debo Samuel that he was on the 49ers. He's not going to have nearly the same amount of production. But I think it's going to be one, and I think it's probably going to be Slayton, to be honest. Yeah, the, I agree with Slayton. Slayton's going for sure. Yeah. I, the interesting thing is, like, everyone's talking about, you know, Debo Samuel is this unique guy that can't do things that other wide receivers do, but he doesn't want to do the unique thing anymore. Yeah. yeah. So what happens here with a wide receiver-rich draft Teams just say, no, I'm not going to pay the $25 million a year for a wide receiver who's maybe the best in the open field when he has the ball. Amazing. But I'm going to take a chance on a Jameson Williams instead. Yeah. yeah. I, you know what? And we've always, you know, the big thing coming out of this draft that people talk about is that is wide receiver the new running back where you're like, you know what? You don't need to pay a ton for wide receivers because there is such a glut of talent. And every year there's going to be like four generational talents you can't believe are so good. Um, do, you, do you trade up anymore? Or do they not become top 10 picks? Do they not become top 20 picks? And you not pay for them. And I think we're going to start seeing that now that we have three, you know, pretty good wide receivers on the market. Like, I think most teams in their right mind would be like, yeah, I want Tony's. He's an incredibly talented guy. It's only one year. We've got four more years of the contract. And now they're now you might start seeing the uh, supply and demand kind of start balancing out where there's too much supply and not enough demand. Yeah. And but the one thing then you have to wonder is uh, which of these prospects turned out to be Kevin White, because <laughs> I'm a Kevin White coming up. He was yep. like this holy crap prospect watching him at the combine. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Taken in the top 10. My goodness. And where's Kevin White? 
a practice squad. Uh, he's on the Saints practice squad. I had to look that up actually before. Yeah, no, he it like could catch everything and then all of a sudden like just d- disappears. Like, oh my God. And you know, but this is like, I don't know. I, I always have this opinion too that like if you get drafted by the wrong team, I don't care if you're the best player of all time. You could, you could crap out in a couple of years and it's nothing to do with your own talent. He gets go to, he goes to Chicago. They can't have, they've never had good offense in their whole, I don't know, fucking 140 years of existence. And so he, <laughs> you know, he just craps out and I don't know. Well, yeah. yeah. It's all situation based. It's it really all situation based. Yeah, it really is. I got, th- I got, I got three more picks here that I want to do, and they're all individual. So the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are going to take a wide receiver, and that's plus two twenty five. So it doesn't matter where they go, doesn't matter if they trade back or trade forward. Just their first pick will be a wide receiver at plus two twenty five. What are you, any oh. thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, I like it because I don't agree with it, but I don't agree with anything Philly does, <laughs> so I like it. I know. I I think it's a great bet because Philly is one of those teams that when they make a pick in the draft, you're like, huh? Yeah. Huh? Well, the Devontae Smith one, I remember at that moment, I was like, oh, I'd, okay, we'll see. And then, you know what? Turned out it's going to be the right one. He's a pretty talented player for the size he is too. But I think they're also being a little smart where they're like, they need a quarterback. I think they realize that they're going to have to move on eventually. But I don't think it's in this market. So they're like, okay, let's just keep surrounding ourselves with talent. Well, interesting enough. The Chicago Bears also taking a wide receiver at plus 250 with their first pick. Where are they picking again? What's their, their first pick will be in the second round, number 39. And they're going to take a while. They might be looking at uh, Cincinnati's Alex Pierce at that, at that time. That, that's, oh, uh, this kid, a lot of teams are looking at him. The Colts are looking at him. He's yep. a great wide receiver coming out of Cincinnati that uh, I don't think is going to go in the first round just with how many wide receivers there are. So, yeah, yep. I, I like the Bears taking a wide receiver, losing Allen Robinson, and still getting someone that uh, Justin Fields won't be able to throw the ball to. <laughs> While he's running for his life. Yeah, uh, I, I honestly like that one. I, I'm just glad to fill out some plus numbers here as I've been taking some minuses, like, you know, Sauce Gardner top five, minus 125, things like that. Yeah. And then the last one is going to be the Buffalo Bills taking a defensive back. I think all the noise that we're going to talk about with, like, trading up for uh, Kyle Hamilton, which, by the way, would be a defensive back, uh, and, uh, and, a, and, a, and a, a running back has been a big one, too, from the Iowa State guy. I think it's, screw that. They're going to take a defensive back. That is the one glaring hole they have left since Levi Wallace left. A second, a really good second uh, with Trey White out. So I'm going to take them at plus 175 to take a defensive back. Yeah, I like that as well. It makes too much sense. It makes like, too much sense for Buffalo yeah, to do that. Yeah. They don't need to be spending their first-round pick on an offensive player right now. No, no like that's, that's an embarrassment of riches. We don't really need that at this point. So those are my picks. Do you have anything else left, Panzeri Prince? No, everything I like, you liked as well. And, and I, gave, I gave mine, I gave mine out. <laughs> Uh-oh, we're on the same page. Uh-oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> so there we go. There are all our picks. I'm going to do a recap right after the break here to summarize everything that the Panzeri Prince and I like for the NFL draft. But goodness gracious, what, what a fun night it is because the second you hear that little dingle with a trade and you're like, uh-oh, uh-oh, and you're grabbing all your bets going like, wait, 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 what does this mean for me? It's such an exciting night. So Panzeri Prince, I hope you have fun losing money. Oh, I can't wait. It means football's around the corner. <laughs> then the schedule release, and then we're in a training camp. We're almost there. It's essentially tomorrow, right? Absolutely, right around the corner. We're going to be doing a fantasy draft before you know it. Yeah, exactly. All right. You take it easy. Recap. Yes, it's recap time. It's time to talk all the picks that we just did. Just in case you missed all of them, here they are once again. The Panzerite Prince likes Evan Neal to go first overall, plus 2,500. Desmond Ritter, a top 10 pick at plus 1,600. And George Pickens, the first wide receiver picked at plus 10,000. Oh, my God. Spice E. Here are my picks. I like Sauce Gardner to go in the top five, minus 125. Over two and a half QBs taken, minus 140. Desmond Ritter taken in the first round, minus 120. J. 
Jamison Williams, under 14 and a half, minus 160. And a total first round wide receivers over under six and a half at minus 125. I like Kevin Thibodeau to go under five and a half, minus 115. Kyle Hamilton over nine and a half at plus 110. And then some specific ones. The Eagles to take a wide receiver first at plus 225. The Bears to take a wide receiver first at plus 250. And the Buffalo Bills to take defensive back first at plus 175. Got it? Good. Record check. Oh, it's time for a record check. My favorite part, or least favorite part of the week, depending on how the week went. And let's find out how the week went indeed. In episode 114, last week, we talked about two fighting events. We talked about the Tyson Fury and White fight. Uh, and, you know, guess what? It went exactly like we thought it would. It literally went exactly like we thought it would. The problem is, the, so did the booksmakers, who put such long odds on Tyson Fury, it was going to be tough to make money. We did, but barely. We had Tyson Fury to win, minus 550, that one. We had him via knockout, that happened at minus 125, even though it looked like just a very strong push. But whatever, a knockout's a knockout. And we had the under nine and a half rounds at minus 240. The only thing we lost at was that Fury by stoppage in round seven to nine at plus 2,000. He stopped him in round six. Fuck. <laughs> so, so close, but we still went three and one, and that's plus 1.4 units for the win on that one. The other event that we talked about was a UFC fight night that we openly admitted was very weak. In that fight, we had Jessica Andrade at minus 220 and the under two and a half rounds at plus 130. Well, she won and it didn't leave the first round. So that's a winner on both of those. And then we had Claudio Poez at minus 110. That's a 3-0, baby. That's plus 2.5 units on that whole card there in general. So a winner for the UFC fight night again. So everyone that always asks, why are you doing UFC fights? Because we, we seem to make money on them. So like, I can't, I can't, you know, bite the hand that feeds me. And what hand is that? I guess the hand giving me money and I don't want to bite that hand. But money is delicious. So, you know. So guess what? There's another UFC fight night this weekend, and we're going to be making picks at Losing Money WAB. Speaking of at Losing Money WAB, that's our free daily picks that we give out on Twitter and on Instagram. We went 8-7 and seven this week, with a, which is a plus 0.2 units. So a couple, couple cents in your pocket, which means, though, we are four units up on the week. So, hey, okay, all right. That being said, we are absolutely going to lose money on the NFL draft, and I can't wait to do that. Please subscribe to Losing Money with Andrew Baskin wherever you enjoy podcasts and give a subscribe and a like to at Losing Money WAB on Twitter, on Instagram, wherever you decide to waste your time. We will be back next Friday, May 6th, to lose money on, guess what? UFC 274. Yes, yes, yes. Have fun losing money. We'll see you later, losers. He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. Furnished by Sad Styles Productions. Get into it!